Today we talk about teen nutrition topics on the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Welcome to the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Here at Northern Lights Pulse, our mission is to help teens and young adults better understand themselves, others, and the world in which they live. You can find us by going to www.nlpulse.com. You can also find us on our various social media sites. You can find us on Facebook at NL Pulse, on Twitter at NL underscore Pulse, and at Instagram at Northern Lights Pulse. And today we have a very special episode going on. We're going to be talking a little bit about teen and young adult nutrition. And I have guest, our guest today is Patricia. She is a nutritionist from Sanford Health. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be able to talk about teen nutrition and um, give some advice and tips and Wonderful. Well, we'll we'll be jumping into that in a little bit here. That's fantastic. Uh, The first thing I want you to do is just talk a little bit about what you do as a nutritionist. Sure. And so like my formal title is I'm a registered licensed dietitian. And so as a dietitian, um, I work in pediatrics primarily. I've worked with adults too. Um, But right now my role is pretty much in the hospital and in clinic settings where I work with families to help identify like nutrition deficiencies and needs and help them problem solve. Um, You know, if they're having an illness or they're having a gastrointestinal issue, then we talk about how we can still eat because it's so important for your body to be fueled with nutrients, protein, and calories um, to get you out of the hospital the fastest. So that's what my role is, is to keep you here the shortest amount of time while giving you the nutrition that you need and how you can continue to do that at home to heal your wounds or whatever. So yeah, it I remember there were a couple of times some of our listeners know this. I, I talked about it before, but I was in the hospital a number of times last year as a result of having cancer. I had testicular cancer that spread into my lungs. And I remember sure. um nutrition and there were a couple of times when I was in the hospital one uh, for different um like infections I had severe sepsis for a little while oh, man yeah it, it was that was pretty rough but I remember one of the things that they that one of the people that would show up on a, basically a daily basis was a dietitian just to make sure that I was getting the nutrients and the the vitamins and all those things that you need for your body to repair itself as quickly as possible, because you don't want to fall down that spiral of like, you're already sick. And then all of a sudden, you're not eating properly. So then you just keep tumbling down that spiral. So right, we almost I don't want to say we're a nuisance, but we're a very important role. And 
in your healthcare plan. So sometimes you see us come in and you're like, I'm sick. I don't feel good or whatever, but it's like, okay, we got to get you back because we don't want you to keep spiraling down that hole. Yep. Um, and it's, it's proven that it's decreases your risk of infections in the hospitals and everything. So we, we try our hardest to keep, get you moving and get you eating what you need and right. get you out of there and get healing you healing yep. at home. Yeah. Well, fantastic. That's great. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about today is just the general effects that good nutrition has on a person. So like, first of all, we, when we talk about good nutrition, sort of what does that mean in terms of the individual person? And we can, we can move on from there after that. But what does good nutrition actually mean? Yeah, right. Sometimes I wish we'd have these like pictures I could hold up that would look like, does your plate look like this or does it look like this? Meaning like half a plate of French fries and a burger and a chocolate shake, or does it look like you've got fruits and vegetables and a lean meats and um, whole grains? So we really talk a lot about getting that good nutrition in because everything in your body has needs something that you're putting into your body. And we're still researching it all. It's very exciting to try to figure out the role of nutrition and everything, but we know a lot already. We know that our body needs protein to build muscles. So we need to have that lean protein, um, like whole chicken breast, not just chicken nuggets that are breaded and things like that, but you know, like a good nutritious, good source of protein, um, fish and all those kinds of things, eggs, and then, you know, fruits and vegetables, which I'm a fruit and veggie pusher because mm -hmm. it's very challenging. There's a lot of barriers that I run into with my patients about eating fruits and vegetables. So and we need those for the fiber, for the, the vitamins and other good things that it gives you the minerals that you need for your body to function. So, so Great. just having that good sound diet, that's well balanced. And it's something that as dietitians, we're working on ourselves, you know, it's a work in process and you're learning new foods and tasting new things. Right. Um, so it's, it's definitely challenging, but I love it. I love trying and experiencing new foods. It's super fun. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Um, so along with that, how does good nutrition enhance other aspects of your life? I mean, I, I had mentioned in my, when I sent you questions earlier that I wanted to talk specifically about like how it affects mental health, but how does good nutrition in general help you out in other aspects of your life? Right. We've already talked about it. It helps you fight infections, helps heals your heal wounds. It keeps your immune system up and running. Um, you know, we talk about bone health. You need good nutrition to build bones. So we talk a lot about calcium, but there's a lot of more components of vitamins that help um, build bone. So you like, for instance, calcium, you eat or drink milk or yogurt that has calcium in it. And then you need vitamin K, which is rich from like leafy greens, which is what puts that calcium into your bone. So you can eat the calcium, but if you don't have a way to put it into the bone, then it's kind of no use to you in that sense. And then you have frail bones and, um, and your energy level, you know, a lot of, patients I work with will 
be drinking sodas and things like that. And they'll stay steady all day, but they end up crashing. And so they get tired more easily, their energy's down. They may have good energy for a little bit, but they didn't have anything really fueling their body um, to keep them going. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of bad about that myself. I will, I, I, uh, I'd probably drink a little bit more soda than I should. And <laughs> the and people you know, that, the people that know me know that. So, you know, everybody's working on something and I, I, it's nice to hear you're aware of it. And I think that's the biggest thing is becoming aware of the things that you can improve upon or switch or you know like get enough water in or whatever it is that you are Mm -hmm. working on um you know just like every day you're working on so many other things you're learning you're growing you're doing everything so you really nutrition is just another thing that you're working on and it's evolving all the time right yeah, life, life is just a constant set of evolutions, I think. Yeah, and, and dietitians are no, we're just like everybody else. We eat sodas and donuts and everything. My rule of thumb has become if it's not like a Sandy's donut, then why am I going to eat it? Because Sandy's donuts are just so good. But They're just the best. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, if I'm going to eat a treat, I, I've told myself that it has to be the best treat Um mm-hmm. And I'm really, truly enjoying it, not just like a stale cupcake or something like that. Right, right exactly. And it's about balance and moderation too, I think. Right, right. I call it the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, I'm striving to be my best, getting those fruits, vegetables, proteins, grains, and and then the other 20% are those donuts. And <laughs> I'm I, I have a sweet tooth, so I love my dark chocolate. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we all we like you said, we all sort of have our own walks that we're taking with the, these issues. So yep, yep. I have to keep myself in check sometimes. Yep. So good. Um moving on, I wanted to ask a question about covid because it's been something that's been going on for such a long time so in your profession in what you do have you seen um an effect on teen nutrition and general health over the last year and a half just based on what's been going on with covid yeah you know oh my computer first um i have spoke with many families And we have seen kids, you know, boredom eating, they're not getting the exercise that they typically do with their friends and, you know, in school, like at gym and all those kinds of things. And, you know, when you don't have that activity, if you're not decreasing your energy intake at the same time, that's where we have seen issues or just, you know, eating more junk because they're readily available. But however, on the the flip side of that, I've also talked to families who have been eating more meals at home. You know, they're sitting at the table as a family and having good conversations around food. You know, so it's it's kind of interesting to see the different balances of it all. You know, they're trying, they're not eating out as much or they're you know, even getting takeout to the home instead of going to the restaurant with all the distractions is a mm-hmm. positive 
you know, thing for eating. So I've seen positives and negatives. Um, I will say like I interview teens and ask them what they're eating and their typical diet. And I almost can say it back to them before they tell me, you know, it's like Doritos, sodas, energy drinks, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, what are we working on? You know, like how about any of those fruits and vegetables? Well, I like them, but I eat them like once a day, you know, so we're, we're constantly like, don't forget about those good nutritious things. Yep. Good. Well, it's good to see through COVID too. Yeah. It's good to see that there has been it hasn't just been negative trends then that there's been some positive that's come out of it as well. So that's. Yeah. And I hope more families kind of continue to do that. You know, when you haven't had activities to be in with, you're trying to race to the next event after work with your kids and things, you know, you're doing less takeout, you know, fast food to get to your next activity. So hopefully some of those habits can stay in that their positive mental health thing for kids to be able to talk with their families and how about their day, you know, you have that time to decompress and really have good conversations, good quality conversations about the family. Right. Good. I think that's really important. And that's something that we've been sort of losing as, as time has gone by. So maybe, maybe in, in all of the negative that COVID has brought, there's, there's going to be some positives that come out of it. So I'm a positive person. I have to believe that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. Absolutely. Um, so moving on, kind of talking, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but we can jump into it a little bit more. How can teens be more mindful of their own health and their nutritional needs? Like what can teens do to take control of this area of their life um, moving forward, I guess. Yeah, you know, some of the things I talk to teens about when they're getting to this certain age where you're a little bit more responsible, you may be starting to cook. I really encourage parents to get kids involved in the kitchen because at one point in your life, you're going to be leaving that little comfy nest Mm -hmm. that mom makes all the cooking or dad cooks or whoever, you know, and I want them to be involved with things. So I really encourage families to get them involved so that they're aware and then they can't complain. No offense, you guys, but we, we complain like, oh, mom doesn't serve vegetables. I'd eat them or mom doesn't, you know, grocery shop these. And mom's like, oh, I do too. I, I try to buy it, but then no one eats it and it rots away. And so then I'm always like, oh dear, you know? Uh, so it's really being an active participant in the kitchen and in meal planning and making sure you're getting those food groups in and being mindful. So just really being aware of what you're eating and what you're fueling your body with. You Mm -hmm. need that energy. You need those fuels. Like we call blood sugar is glucose. It's called too. And that is the number one source of nutrition for your brain. Mm -hmm. So you really need those carbohydrates and kids need carbohydrates and adults. Because that's when your brain isn't fully functioning. You might be kind of sleepy and tired and foggy. And that's because you're probably not giving energy to that brain. So really just being aware, finding what nutrients are 
good nutrients and which ones are just empty calories. You know, it's okay to have a soda, but just know that you're not giving yourself any vitamins. You're not giving yourself any protein. It's literally just sugar and water yeah, and food coloring yeah, and some different flavorings that make it taste really good. But just know that so that you can make sure maybe later in the day, okay, I'm going to make sure I get my fruits and vegetables in things like that. Good, good. And on the flip side, and you kind of talked, I don't know if you can expand on it a little bit, but we, you talked about how our teens can be more mindful. How can parents and guardians help aid in this as well? You mentioned being more active in the kitchen, but how else, if there are, if you have any other advice for how parents can aid in this? Yeah, I think sometimes parents, we become overbearing. So, you know, letting our children explore, there's so many times where I've heard families or parents say to their kids, oh, you're not going to like that. Or, um, you know, so don't try it. Well, it's like, don't say anything, just be quiet, let them experience it. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen is they spit it out. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, just letting your kids experience food and being a part of offering variety to them and you being willing to try different things, even when you're scared yourself. So mm-hmm. parents, I think we get stuck in our bud- bubbles too. I mean, me as a parent too, I get stuck in my usual foods that I eat and I'll forget to try, give my son something to try. So really being um, an example and Mm -hmm. showing kids, I'm going to eat that broccoli, or let's try it this way, baked in the oven with Parmesan, or, you know, trying it different ways, because I've told many of my patients and families and adults, you know, it's your responsibility to find out how you like to eat them. So you can't tell me you don't like it. You have to work at finding out how you like to eat your carrots. Is it cooked, mashed with honey, you know, with ranch, with hummus, however you like to eat it. That's your responsibility to figure out how. And that's what I think the parents role is, is to help look up recipes and find different things and start preparing them different ways instead of the same way steamed carrots every time or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Right. Um, What can teens do if they think they need help with their nutritional needs? They're not maybe getting it because especially in situations where maybe they're not getting all of their nutritional needs met at home. Is mm-hmm. there any place or anywhere that it, that teens can go to try and get that additional assistance or education or knowledge about what they're putting into their bodies? Sure. I mean, a good place to start is, you know, if you go to the doctor for your yearly checkups, you can check in with your doctor and let them know like you're struggling with certain things or you feel like you're not eating enough of a certain particular food group or, you know, some people have issues when they eat certain food groups. So if you start to become aware, like every time I drink milk, wow, I get a really bad stomach ache or something, Mm -hmm. you know, let someone know that that is happening. Um, You know, if you feel comfortable talking with your parents is a good start, Um, you know, but sometimes we have a lot of barriers in our lives that um, can make it challenging, but you making the most of it and helping you know, if it's financial reasons, you can't get fresh fruits and vegetables that 
maybe checking it out, how you can save money and grow a garden or, you know, get canned or frozen vegetables and watching for them to go on sale and Mm -hmm. being an active participant in the shopping and helping mom find these items for you to get them on sale. Um, But yeah, if you can actively seek out a physician first, they can be helpful and you can tell your physician you'd like to see a dietitian too. You can always do that. Um, yeah, anybody, really any person that you see in your life and you have questions, I would reach out to somebody because they can help you link yeah. more. Good. And we do have um, resources on our website as well, especially our two-on-one uh, contacts that can, if you call those two-on-one resources, depending on which state you're in, it's going to be a different, uh, you're going to get linked to a different set of resources. But um, that's another good place to start too, is to just start calling things like two-on-one. They can link you up with different um, Mm -hmm. um, like food pantries in the area. If if that's one of your issues is that you're just not getting the food, they'll help you find places where you can at least get the, the, the food and st- start that way as well. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot of resources and I don't have one that you could pinpoint. Um, you know, there's all different ones out there. Um, I'm trying to think of different ones just specifically for teens, you know, mm-hmm. you've got women, infants and child, which is up to five and that's WIC and um, it's a good resource, but, you know, and I feel like our, um, you know, the government resources that they've put out onto like, um, you know, if they're going on the internet to look for resources or information, it's really important to look at the credible source. Is it like a government website? Is it, you know, like we have what's called eatright.org, which is our dietetics website. That's a great website to get solid information from, you know, you should be getting good sound nutrition, not advice on dieting and things like that. We're Mm -hmm. not I don't, I don't focus on diet. I focus on a healthy lifestyle. How are we going to create this lifestyle? You know, diets come and go, you go on them for a day and you're off the wagon again. So those aren't helpful. It's, are you eating your fruits, your vegetables, lean meats? You know, what are the excess calories from lattes, cappuccinos, and all those kinds of excess calories coming in, you know? just kind of evaluating those kinds of things. Right. Right. No, that's, that's really good advice. Um, don't do social media. <laughs> <laughs> don't be looking for your advice on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not a good place for you to find positive. Um, right. I'm sure there's some good ones out there, but, you know, stick to some other known nutrition and dietetics or USDA and, things like that. That actually brings me to it. I mean, we'll get to them in a little bit here, but that actually brings me to a couple of my other questions. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, here's, here's one for you uh, that, um, that I've been kind of thinking about lately because the information about like, I, you hear th- different things about uh, BMI body mass index. Um, how important is body mass index in general? And as a teen, is it something that you should be 
concerned about? Right. So body mass index as a tool for me to use. So, but I will say, I always give this example because it, it has really no meaning if you don't get to see the person and evaluate them. Mm -hmm. So it might give me a clue that it might say to me, I need to ask some questions about some things. And then I find out they're this pro athlete who is super muscular. Well, their BMI is going to show morbid obesity, you know, because it's not accounting for muscle mass. So you really have to be very cautious when you're looking at that it is not something that I feel like it's for trained professionals to be looking at because I evaluate then like, what is our body composition? Cause that's what you're looking at is what is your bone density? What is your, um, muscle mass, your fat mass and all of that kind of stuff. So it's finding that balance for you really. And so it's mainly for health professionals to be using it as an initial screen in order to investigate more. Okay. And I think it's become something that we just go, oh, your BMI is high. And then <laughs> it, that's, that's not how it works. Um, it, you know, it's very, um, it's a tool that really needs a good eye looking at it. Sure. No, that makes sense. I, 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 I figured I'd bring it up because it's, like I said, it's one of those things that you hear about it. And some people say different people say different things about the importance of that number. So, yes. And if they don't know that is a measurement, basically looking at your height versus your weight, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't know what your weight is made up of. Right. So that's where they get that number is your height and weight proportionate. Right. And that's what it's looking at. But yeah, I, I get that a lot. And, and it kind of makes me sad because I don't want people to ever feel negative about their body because of a number or anything like that. It's really about creating a positive body image because everybody has different curves and that's what makes everybody super special. Mm-hmm. And we really just need to come back to that and, look at what makes you and what makes you thrive at your best. Right. And what makes you feel good, um, better energy. And, and that comes from solid, good nutrition typically. So, well, and that brings me to my next question. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to see if you had any more information about specialized diets, like, Oh, sure. Um, are there any, as a teenager, are, are, you talk about these different fads, diet fads that come and go. Should, should teens really, should teens be putting much stock into these different types of diets that come and go? Or is it more about just keeping things balanced at this age? Right. And, and I'll say at any age, it's about keeping things balanced. Because when you look at these diets, they're typically restricting food groups or Mm -hmm. different things. Well, those food groups provide your body with nutrients. So like, I'll just give an example. A lot of the diets will be like, you need to have low carbohydrate intake. Well, 
let me think. Remember, we talked about that that fuels your brain. It's a glucose that gives you the most energy. Well, that comes from carbohydrates. What we need to be looking at is what are the types of carbohydrates are we eating? Are we eating carbohydrates from a regular soda? that's giving us energy that's not giving us vitamins or protein or anything else or are we eating you know a whole wheat bread with you know good lean turkey and lettuce and tomatoes and all the good stuff you can jam into a sandwich you know is that what we're having or you know so really again I've worked with a lot of people that are we call it and you think about it, it's overfed and undernourished, mm. you know, we're feeding ourselves with sodas and cappuccinos and energy drinks. And, but then we aren't giving ourselves the nourishment. And so we find vitamin D like vitamin deficiencies and, um, things like that, that can be detrimental to your bone health and just to your overall health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, oh, that's wow. And that's what I tell adults too, you know, Yeah. because we tend to think that these are so easy to do restrictive things, but it's, it never has worked out in the end. Yeah. A good sound nutrition diet is what has always worked. Good. That's great advice. Um, that kind of moves because you're, you were talking there a little bit about, um, overfed and undernourished when when you when you say that my brain goes to we're getting all of these calories but we're not getting the the other important things that you need to be getting so how important is tracking calories for a teen um you know you that magic number of 2000 calories a day (laughs) again I feel in a way that 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 number is about as useful as maybe BMI is in, in right. you know, in the day-to-day <laughs> operate. Cause like that's not taking into account physical activity to that number. No. So yeah. how important is the tracking of calories for a teen? I, I don't want anyone to track calories. It's tedious. It's annoying. It's changes daily. I, I don't think you need to track it when you are eating healthy. There's no, there's no benefit in you tracking your calories unless you have a medical reason why I need to like evaluate that, Mm -hmm. Um, which we rarely do in my profession either. You know, everybody always wants me to make them a meal plan and give them their calorie intake and all this stuff. And I'm like, really? Do you really want that? I don't think you do. (laughs) You know, so just, we don't really, um, that's part of my job, but it's, um, it's an estimate. It's a guesstimate. It changes day to day. Um, and it's really not needed. If you are eating, you know, they say strive for five fruits and vegetables a day. Well, today I've had a banana, (laughs) you know, hopefully here at lunch, I'm going to have some applesauce, but you know, I'm already behind in mine. So you're really stressing the importance of getting those five fruits and vegetables in a day and your lean meats, you will, you will give your body what your body needs. Good. Um, yeah, we're coming up towards the end here. I just had a couple other questions. Why is staying hydrated with water so important? And what does that do for you? 
Yeah. So water. Okay. So we have our kidneys and they do a lot of really neat things for us that we just take for granted. You know, so when you drink your water, it, it helps flush toxins and other things out of your, it helps balance everything in your body. Your body's all about balance. It's balancing sodium, potassium, chloride, everything. Your body just naturally knows what to do with it. And so we can become dehydrated very easily. Um, so I, we talk like about monitoring your pee color and things mm-hmm. like that, making sure it's not too dark. Um, but really, you know, utilizing those things because your body is trying to function at its optimum best. And when you're not giving it the fluid needs that you need, um, like for instance, when you are drinking caffeinated beverages, like sodas and, um, energy drinks are double the amount of caffeine. Well, caffeine is what we consider like a diuretic. So it's going to give you or it's going to let you pee out more water and fluid. Um, And so then you need more fluids. So, you know, kind of really evaluating that because when you're dehydrated, you're more tired, you don't have as much energy. Um, So I, I really encourage people to, if you don't keep a glass of water at the bedside, you know, at night, always have one there. And then in the morning, it's the first thing that you do is you finish that glass of water. You just chug it, warm and all, who cares? Just chug it. And typically it's just kind of like opens your um, senses and your vessels are like, oh, thank you for hydrating me from that eight hours, hopefully eight hours of sleep you got last night. (laughs) (laughs) Teenagers. (laughs) Well, that's, that's fantastic. I, uh, we, we went over a lot of information today, but it's all been really wonderful and I hope the message gets across that it's about balance and making sure that the things that you're putting into your body are the good things and not the empty, empty things. Um, Yeah. And when you want to have the empty things, like it makes sure it's something you can savor and enjoy. You know, I, I just see a lot of people just eating it to eat it. And I'm like, we're missing out on such good, um, like really tasting it and seeing what it tastes like and how it was made and really kind of having that enjoyment from food that is fun and exciting. And what, what does it taste like? What kind of flavors are in it? Does it have like a hint of cinnamon or something, you know, really stopping and to enjoy those kinds of things. Cause food is supposed to be about enjoyment. It's usually around social occasions where you're with friends and family um, so it's not only nourishing your body, but it can nourish your soul and your, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, <laughs> um, just like your mental health. So really, um, you know, enjoying trying new things and experiencing things. And I will say that I feel like this new generation of kids is really into exploring some fun foods and cultural foods, um, so I, I love that because there's some really tasty foods in the African culture and, um, um, oh man, I just love, I love other cultural foods. It's yeah. way better than our American cheeseburgers and things. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I agree with that too. I, I'm even starting to get a little bit more adventurous with my eating as well too. So yeah, it can be fun. Yep. With that, um, I think we've come to the end of our time. Did you have any sort of 
final closing thoughts on, on, on nutrition and how we should be approaching it on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, just, you know, really don't focus on what you can't have, focus on what you can have and really savor those, those foods and think that you're really giving your body what it needs. And, and if you are struggling with, you know, like your body image, reach out to somebody because, you know, especially at the teenage years, it can be hard. Your body is changing really fast and it's, it's different than what it has been throughout your entire life. And it does that until you're, I feel like sometimes in your twenties and then you stabilize again and then it changes again and, you know, and it changes as you get older. So, you know, just embracing those changes as they are and as they come and, and having someone that you can trust to talk to about those things can really help um, knowing that you're not going through it alone, everybody has some type of um, feeling and just knowing that I think can give comfort to other people that, you know, and then when you think of negative things, you need to come back with some positive things about your, your body and the things that you're doing. Cause it can be too easy to go down the negative rabbit hole. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really great advice for everyone, not just our teens and young adults, but I think everyone everyone can appreciate that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, with that, we're going to end it here. I've been Peter and this has been the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. We will see you next time.